Jim Rohn said, successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. Don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. Albert Einstein said, try not to become a man of success, rather become a man of value. Winston Churchill said, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Welcome to Make Shit Happen. This is episode number 148. My guest today is Rose Watson. Rose is also known as the Cutback Coach. She helped women and people cut back on overdoing the things that hurt them so they can have happier, healthier lives. Rose learned that our lives are the product of tiny daily habits. And if those habits don't create results we are proud of, if they don't align with our dreams for ourselves, life can be a serious bummer. In this episode, I go on talking to Rose about mindset and habit design mission how she said that writing down list of daily healthy to-dos and ritual to master and morning routines ideas from all over can help you design a future a better future yourself let's listen to this episode with rose watson as i become a subject matter in this podcast i hope you enjoy this podcast as much as i did Without further ado, let's jump into this episode with Rose Watson. Exclusive Furniture has seven locations in town and online at ExclusiveFurniture.com. 98% of the furniture is in stock at Exclusive Furniture. Why go to any furniture store and wait for four months, five months, six months to get your delivery when you can get it at Exclusive Furniture and get it the same week? Right now, Exclusive Furniture is doing free delivery and setup. And during our Memorial Day sale, you can save 25% off everything on all furniture and accessories. Come to Exclusive Furniture, where low prices live. Welcome to Make Shit Happen. My guest today is Rose Watson. Rose, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate you you joining me. I know me and you talked yesterday uh, before the interview, and uh, we had some interesting talk. and And I can't wait to share that with my audience and uh, with uh, people who are listening, who are watching us, what that conversation was about. But Rose, in your word, describe yourself to me, or describe who you are to oh, everyone. Okay. Of us. <laughs> um. Let's see. I'm just a lady over here being a student of life. That's who I am in a nutshell. But um, what I do for people in a living right now is I help overachievers stop overdoing the things they can't stop doing. So anything that they feel compulsive about instead of intentional, like overeating or over drinking or overspending, overworking, which we are all, especially in the corporate world, guilty of. Um, or even like over criticizing themselves or over judging other people, anything they feel like is standing in their way and they can't stop doing it, even though they really want to. So I just, I basically help people trust themselves to do what they say they're going to do. That's, uh, that's something that is very interesting, right? Because all of us in, especially today's society, we overdo everything over criticize ourselves is something is something that. Uh, you know, I, I want to touch on because like some of us are like, oh man, I'm old. I'm old. I, I can't do this. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not good looking enough or I'm not smart enough. 
um, you know, that's something. And and how do we how do we treat that? How do we fix that? Well, the same way that I do a lot of cognitive based coaching, and so I work mostly in the mind. Um, I I believe that every circumstance that you have in life that happens outside of you, you have a thought about it. And then that emotes a feeling inside of you and you take action out of that feeling and you end up with a result that ends up proving your thoughts true. And so whenever you have a thought that's self-critical or let's say like, I I would call what you just said a self-concept thought, an I am thought, I'm a failure, Um, I am old, it's too late for me, (laughs) like um, all those I am type thoughts. Those are just habits that we've picked up along the way that we have chosen to think repeatedly to the point where they feel super true, right? But everything that you're thinking about that is a choice. Every thought is a choice. We just decided to accept that one and repeat it over and over and over um, for whatever reason, right? Someone might've told you that while you were a kid, someone, oh, you're a failure. You're not smart. You're bad at math. someone might've said that to you. And you were like, you know what? Doing that math problem is kind of uncomfortable. I don't like it. This sucks. I am probably bad at math. And then you agreed and you said it over and over and over, over the years. And you provided evidence for it. You look for evidence for it because your brain is really good at finding evidence for your own thoughts. It loves to be right. Ask any wife or husband. We all love to be right. And so it wants to prove itself, right? It finds the evidence. And then all of a sudden you have a mountain of proof that you are in fact bad at math. So those types of thoughts, the only reason people think those things is because they've done it over and over and mounted up evidence. So to get out of that, because that's your original question was, you become aware that you're even thinking it. When you're unaware, it's on autopilot, it's unconscious because you've agreed to it for so long, you think it's just the truth. You start to question like, is that true about me? That's the first step. Like you just become aware that you're even thinking that thought or saying it out loud to others and to yourself. And then you question if it's really real or not. Like, is it true? Or is math just as hard for you as it is for everybody else? (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, you know, we we are very self-critical of ourselves. I mean, especially Mm -hmm. social media emergence, right? Now people post stuff on social media that, you know, cannot be like, sometimes it's not their true life. But they portrayed, and then some of us just start looking at it like, I don't have this. I can't go to these nice fancy restaurants. Or you know, uh, matter of fact, you know, recently there's a restaurant that's in Houston and a couple of other places uh, called I don't know. It was probably you saw it on uh, social media. Steak Forty Eight posted this thing about uh, you. If you come in over here, you got to at least spend a hundred dollar. There was a big social media uproar about that, and. because people just go over there and they just want to take pictures, right? So they can portray that they're over there at Stake 48 all the time. And finally, I think st- people at Stake 48 got got tired of it and, you know, good good for them. And they they posted it out there, hey, $100 minimum. And that's besides the uh, the, the the tip, you right. know, and taxes. So you got to make sure you spend at least $100. And they posted a $100, $100 minimum on the thing. And, and, and what I'm trying to, po- you know, what I'm trying to say is like people start People portray their life as if something which is not, which right. then cause in my in my view, it causes a domino effect because people who are viewing them are like, I wish my life was like that. And then yeah. so they start saying negative things about themselves and it yes. affects more than more people than, than we think it does. Yeah. And it's totally okay that people 
need or want to portray them. You know, you call it the highlight reel, right? It's yeah. totally fine that other people want to do that or show that side of their life only. That's fine. What you and I do is focus on us. So yeah. whenever, if you choose to get on social media or if you choose to consume certain things, the question really isn't like, what are they doing or why are they doing it? It's what yeah. do I want to make it mean about me? And you get to decide, right? It's the beauty of being a human being. We're the only species on the planet that has a prefrontal cortex. Okay. I'm lying. Dolphins. Dolphins do have a much larger prefrontal cortex than we do. And maybe one day we will find out that they are way smarter than us. And they've just been choosing not to communicate. Right. But for right now, we have a prefrontal cortex. We have our limbic system back here down on the bottom, our spinal cord, you know, it does, it manages our survival, our fight or flight, all of our auto functions like breathing and heartbeat and all that jazz. And it has done a really good job of keeping us alive over all of the decades. And I say decades, centuries, millennia, right. And getting us to where we are right now. It's a really good problem solver. It's great at identifying a problem and creating a solution and getting us ahead. It's why all of this technology and stuff has been built. It creates desire in us for better, better things. It creates desire for us to go seek pleasure and make life more comfortable for ourselves and easier. And that's all a wonderful, beautiful thing, right? Like we're surrounded by the accomplishments that have been generated by our limbic system. However, your prefrontal cortex is more necessary now than it ever has been. It allows you to plan ahead. It allows you to think of the future and to see your own mind thinking and to create different thoughts for yourself. It's amazing, right? It's brilliant. And it has the ability to generate this like superpower mm -hmm. of rewiring your own mind. And when we go back to like social media, your limbic system wants to keep you safe all the time. Like it wants you to be accepted by the crowd. It wants you to fit in because do you think of back in the caveman days, Sam, let's say you and I are in a tribe and I, I don't know. I like really have a vendetta against you. And I make you look bad to everybody else in the tribe, which honestly is kind of impossible because you're such a great guy, but like, let's say they, if they agreed with me and I persuaded them and we kicked you out of the tribe, where would you go? No, just somewhere different. Yeah, you're like, you would be out. Uh, you would be outcast well, kind of thing. Yeah. And when you needed other humans to survive mm -hmm. back then with, you know, the saber tooth tiger right around the corner and you needed fire and like food and everything, the basics to survive, you would be kicked out of the tribe all on your own. And that meant death, yeah. which we all are always trying to avoid. <laughs> and so you don't want to be hated by the tribe. So when you're on social media and you see all these people that are like doing these things and they're so happy and you want that for yourself. And you're like, I don't fit in there. Something's wrong with me. I need to fix that. I need to make sure people like me. I need to make sure like that's all the limbic system trying to keep you safe. Yeah. And the prefrontal cortex, you have the power to come along and say, that's not true anymore. Yeah. That's not how our life is now. There's plenty of tribes you can join. You have, you probably have multiple tribes right now. Multiple tribes. Yeah. You got tons of little 
networks of people, a circle here, a circle there, they might overlap, but like if some group of friends is going to kick you out of their group, I mean, you have places to go. Yeah, I get it now. Okay. I understand that. Right. But let, you know, yesterday we were talking about it and you said that, you know, you, you help people stop doing what like, like overachievers, like working too much. Yes. Uh, and then you also said, then you also said, uh, like people who eat sugar and flour too much, you know, yeah. talk about that a little bit. <laughs> okay. So it goes into the same Listen, we're going to talk about overeating sugar, flour. Those are the things that, you know, keep weight on your body, but anybody's listening to this can replace that with whatever it is in their life that they're struggling, that they want to get a better result in. And they're struggling with like trusting themselves to do it. They say they're going to do it and they have to start over and over and over where they don't start at all. Whatever that is, just slip it in there over drinking, um, you know, over scrolling the socials, overspending the money you wish you were saving, whatever it is, slip it in. So with overeating, the same thing goes, remember that your limbic system, like it wants to keep you safe. Well, it also, your brain wants to always avoid pain. And it does that by seeking pleasure. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm just making this in layman's terms as simple as possible. There's tons of research out there and we could get really complicated, but why? Simple is always best. Whenever we avoid pain, in the past, it meant avoiding physical pain. It also emotional pain. If you knew that you were gonna be in emotional pain from leaving the tribe, you would wanna avoid that as much as possible, right? And so it meant death. And your brain kind of thinks that to seek pleasure, it would go find something that was more comfortable, like sugar or fire or sex, right? And that's how it knew you get a dopamine release in your brain. When you experience those things, that's how it knew that like, okay, we're safe. This is the way to go do it again. And we talked about yesterday when you eat sugar, especially let's say you're feeling lonely. I think of this, like I have the client who's a, um, divorced, recently divorced mom. And so when she comes home and her kids are with their dad, she feels this empty house. She feels alone. She feels lonely. She tells herself, Oh, I'm alone. And then she feels lonely. And the first thing she does is go to the refrigerator because all she wants to do is relieve the feeling of loneliness. Right. And so whatever, whenever you do that, let's say she finds what's your favorite dessert, Sam. Oh man, everything is my favorite dessert. You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> What's the, the last dessert? thing you like overdid on sugar? Like what over mm. sugar thing you overate? I, I ate a Toblerone bar, a chocolate bar. Oh, those, those are, are okay. Toblerone. Okay. Look at you at your fancy chocolate. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she finds some Toblerone and she sits down and she eats it. And during eating it and a little bit after there's that dopamine release in your body. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, oh, I feel better. Now the only problem is it's temporary. And then loneliness might creep back up because the house is still empty and she's still thinking I'm alone. Right. The thought that she's thinking hasn't gone away. So therefore the feeling of loneliness hasn't gone away. And now we got to find something else to fill the void to give us some more pleasure. Right. So instead of creating our own pleasure with our brain, we're like on autopilot. She doesn't see that she's thinking I'm alone and that's creating loneliness. She and just then she goes open a bottle of wine. Hey, that's correct. Yeah. Well, man, you could open up. you like, whatever something as trivial as just feeling bored. 
that will prompt you to like, get on your phone. That will mm -hmm. prompt you to go find a glass of wine. Whenever you're like, oh, I don't know what else to do right now. That, that boredom and tedium can even prompt you to go take action, you know, that way. So whenever you think about sugar, <laughs> knowing that you're a human being and like letting yourself be a human is key. This is critical. Realizing that your brain is just trying to keep you alive and keep you feeling pleasure is enough in and of itself for you to have it, to be able to take a step back and just see yourself with more compassion because we judge ourselves a lot. We're like, oh, you're so shitty. Oh, why do you keep doing this thing? Oh, you're a failure at this thing. Like, why can't I handle this? You know, it's just not going to work anyway. That's what we do. We judge ourselves for being crappy at this thing. And then we just layer on, like, there's the thing we're doing and now we're judging ourselves for it. So of course you feel terrible. What do you do when you feel terrible? The first, sure so. mm -hmm, the first best thing that your brain has been trained to go get sugar, alcohol, pick up your phone, whatever. A lot of us, it's to escape this miserable life outside of work. So we go do work because we feel really confident there and we overwork and overwork and overwork. We bring work home with us, which just further perpetuates the home issue, right? Yeah. <laughs> But we do it because we're like trying to feel better, not realizing that we're the one actually creating the situation we don't feel good about. So um, when it comes to overeating on the sugar, there's a place of awareness that you can get to and say like, is this true that I'm alone? Is this true that I'm bored? And it might be true that you're bored. Is this the action I want to take out of my boredom? Mm-hmm. And it's just that backing up to watch your brain do its thing. Cause you have that special superpower with your prefrontal cortex. So now let me ask you a question. So let's just say somebody is alone. And I mean, that happens a lot of time when you're home alone, mm -hmm. you're overeating or you're overindulging. Right. Yeah. And, but what about when you are in a social setting or you at a restaurant and you can't stop eating or you want to be like, okay, well, you know, the, the waiter comes over there with the dessert train, you want it. And you, you with a couple of people. What about that? Yeah. What are you thinking? Like, what do you think someone's thinking in that moment when they're out with people and everybody's eating? They're all full. I don't know. Let's just go. This is a, a rule. I tell my clients, we're never allowed to say, I don't know, because that blocks you from coming up with the solution. Right. So if you did know, okay. what do you think? Oh man, this tastes so good. Maybe yeah. little, little won't hurt. Little, a little won't hurt. Yeah. Here's a good, here's a really I'm, good I'm out. I'm out there eating anyways. So I'm here already. I'm here already, you know, and, and, and it's already the there. Yeah. It's on the table. Yeah. Here's some other ones. I don't want to waste it. Yeah. I paid for it. Everybody or else is doing it. Everyone else is doing it. I might as well. I mean, I'm out here eating and overindulging myself, you know, so might oh. as well just go for, for a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. So that is a thought, right? Here's the circumstance. This is circumstances are neutral. They don't have a positive or negative connotation or a story about them until we put a thought behind them. So let's take the circumstance plate of food on the table people around the table, right? We can all say a judge in a court of law would say that that's a fact, right? Like that's actually happening. No one would disagree with it. That's a circumstance, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Plate of food on the table. You have a thought. Everybody else is doing it. 
Yeah. Meaning what? I want to fit in? Yeah. Okay. We could ask, we could, we could kind of dive into that and be like, well, what's, but what's behind that? What are you making it mean that everybody else is doing it? Once you find that thought, what is the feeling that that thought creates in you? Everybody else is doing it. How does that feel in your body? Oh, well, it's okay. It's okay to do it. I mean, you know, it yeah, can't be that bad. That a, ooh, okay. What's that emotion? Accept acceptance. I mean, I'm going yeah, to just, I would call it resignation. That's how it feels in my body. When I'm like, everybody else is doing it. I guess I will too. You're resigned. Like, you know, emotions are that sensation inside your body. That's like not a sensation. I should correct myself. Sensations are something that comes from your body and goes up into your mind, like hunger. Yeah. That's your body giving you a sensation. Hey, I'm hungry. Feed me. I'm talking about an emotion, which we use to, we call it hunger, right? We get very confused because we're so out of touch with our body a lot of the time, especially when we overeat a lot and we ignore it. So if you have a feeling that's like, eh, I'm resigned, we're doing this. Mm -hmm. Then out of that feeling, what happens? The, like the action you take. Yeah. You eat more food, even though your body's full, you order another drink. Yeah. You're resigned. You just give in. Like you don't stop. <laughs> we, we tell ourselves, well, it's okay. I'll just, I'll eat less tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to make up for it. Right. I'll make up for it. Yeah. 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 Tomorrow is always our savior. It's like, I don't know who that tomorrow guy is, but he's got a lot on him. So <laughs> he's got a lot to do for me. So in the end, the result of those actions and behaviors that you take physically is it's like, we're just here. I mean, everybody's doing it. So I do it. And as if like, that's your, your result in life is always proven from your thought. Always remember, we like to be right. So mm -hmm. we do everything we can to make sure that we prove ourselves right. Even if that thing hurts us, even mm -hmm. if that thing is something we beat ourselves up for later. Mm. And I'll tell you right now, Sam, this is like the growth of a lifetime is to take ownership and responsibility that you're the one creating your results. You can't blame that shit on anybody else. They're not thinking your thoughts. They're not making you put the food in your mouth. Yeah. Right. Like they're not pressuring you unless you let them in your own mind. And so, so it really... Yeah. So, so, so let, my question is, that's fine. Let's just say we, we do it. Is it, is it that we have to make sure that we are, what you're saying is like, and, and what I hear in a nutshell, we got to make sure we train ourselves to be aware, aware of not being bored, aware of what we are putting in our body, aware of not overworking, mm -hmm. aware of not criticizing ourselves. So am I, am I getting this right? We just got to make sure we yes. create awareness. Yes. It, awareness of when you're using an external thing to feel better. Is that, is that what the main ingredient or main key is over here to do? Well, it's the first step for sure. First step. Okay. Yeah. And, and the way that you build awareness is, I, this is the number one best way to start. If you're not a person who journals or writes things down, uh -huh. do it. Just do That's it. That's hard. That's I hard journaling. <laughs> but here's, here's what happens when you, when you're really curious about your own mind and like, why the hell do I do the things I do? When you're mm -hmm. really curious, you'll be motivated to sit down and give yourself five minutes or 
like, and I call it a thought download, right? You just like, let it all flow out of you. Let's say that you do overeat. Mm -hmm. You ate the whole Toblerone bar and you're like, damn it. Why Sam? Why again (laughs) do we eat this stupid candy bar? You go sit down and you write down all the things that you were thinking before you ate the candy bar. Mm -hmm. And you write down all the things that eating the candy bar is stealing from you and how it's making you feel. Because here's the thing, like you got to get really present in your body. You got to get really honest about what the candy bar is not doing for you. The thing we do in our head is like glamorize food. We romanticize it. We say, oh, it gives me comfort. Oh, I'm a foodie. Yeah. If you're a foodie and you're overweight, stop saying you're a foodie right now. Stop it. Get it out of your language. Stop saying it out loud. That is a sneaky little thought that's making you dependent on food as if it brings you pleasure and joy. Food is neutral. Food is fuel for your body. Telling yourself that a cheeseburger and fries is just like the best thing on God's green earth is hurting you. If you're overweight, let that shit go. (laughs) Like stop glamorizing it. Like it's bringing you pleasure and a positive result in your life. You need to get real honest. How do you feel after you have that cheeseburger instead of beating yourself up about, Oh, I'm a terrible person. After you have it, go back and write it down and get honest. When I eat a cheeseburger, I feel X, Y, Z. I feel bloated. I feel full. I feel greasy on the inside. Like, and then what is it keeping you from? It's keeping me from having the healthy body that I desire. It's Mm. keeping me from having energy to play with my kids. It's keeping me from having the energy that I just want to have every day. Right. Mm. It's keeping me from loving what I see. Like really write down the honest to goodness truth about that food. The honest to goodness truth isn't that it brings you a ton of pleasure or joy. You can create that in other ways in your life. You have to paint it in such a painful picture that you no longer want the cheeseburger as much because you see what it's costing you. Oh, sorry. I'm getting fired up. No, I love it. I love it. You know, uh, like one thing, like, let's just talk about me since, since it's my show. Let me talk about me. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I made myself aware, like, Hey, you know what? I can't say I'm a foodie. So I, I used to eat everything. I mean, you know, growing up, I ate burger every day. I ate sandwiches every day. I was telling somebody the other day we were, I was at the airport. I'm like, you know what? That pot belly sandwich. I used to love it. I used to go over there every day. I used to eat Subway, but then I, then I found out bread is bad for you. <laughs> right. Heck for, for a long time, uh, you know, outside my, uh, one of my stores, there was a Whataburger. So every day I'll, when I get to work about nine 30, before I get to work, I'll stop at Whataburger and I'll, get me three taquitos with potato, egg, and cheese mm-hmm. and a cup of coffee. I found out those. And later on, I'm like, those potato, egg, and cheese taquitos are not good. And for <laughs> lunch, I'll have water burger, you know, double water burger, you know, uh, you know, stuff like that. I don't even remember last time I had a burger. Uh, it's been so long. You know, those, you know, those uh, loaded uh, fries, you know, with cheese mm-hmm. and they're good. I mean, and you know what? Do I never have them? I might have them maybe once or twice a year, maybe three times a year. Food is something that I have suppressed myself. Like, okay, well, I need to, I need to, uh, I need to eat to live, not live to eat. 
Yes. One thing that's my Achilles heel, and one thing that I that I'm aware of right now, and lately I've been saying that a lot. I'm like I'm addicted to sugar. I'm okay. addicted to sugar, and 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 I'm the reason why I keep saying that to myself is because I know I'm addicted to sugar, and I need to kick that habit. Okay. Sugar, sugar is so bad. I mean, it's, I mean, it's bad. It's it's a drug. Right. No, it it's definitely. <laughs> It's definitely a feel-good receptor releaser. <laughs> you know, and, and I heard I heard that uh, they had uh, I don't know I was watching YouTube the other day I don't know what it was I doing and they said that uh, uh, some uh, that they had uh, made these they had done this uh, experiment or this research or whatever where they had these uh, rats in a lab and they gave these rats uh, cocaine and sugar they were, mm-hmm. the, the the rats were more addicted to sugar than to cocaine. I remember reading this. You remember reading that one? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, sugar is so bad. It's so bad. And I feel like I'm super addicted to it. So I need to figure out how, when you said that yesterday, I'm like, I really need to, I need to kick that habit. I need to yeah, kick why, that Why? Habit. Why do you want to kick that habit? Because I feel like, because I feel like I eat right. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I exercise, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm just not there in my body or my weight goal because of the sugar problem okay you know because so, i eat too much sugar yeah and you said earlier i'm addicted to sugar i am okay that right there the reason you're addicted to sugar is because you keep saying that you are and well no i just recently started addicted. saying that i recently started saying that just to make myself aware that hey okay. i need i need to stop eating that crap yeah <laughs> okay but you know what you know what i go to a restaurant and carrot cake comes in front of me i want it yeah what is is that the thought i want it i want i mean it's it's so good (laughs) right and then how do you feel in your body what emotion comes up everything you said you know after i eat it i feel terrible like i should have in the moment let's pause right so this is like the magic Uh uh-huh Let's go back to the moment because and, and anybody can do this work after they've done something. One, uh-huh. don't beat yourself up for slipping. You're a human being. Uh-huh. And just because you eat sugar, doesn't, it doesn't take away from your worth as a human. It doesn't mean anything bad about you. It just means I ate sugar period. That's it. Right. The past has happened. Don't beat yourself up about it. But what you can do is go back and evaluate. So uh-huh. I call this a learn and move on. So like you take a moment. And you learn from that situation and you move on, you let it go. It's all good. The problem is when we don't stop to learn, that's what we do is like do the same mistake over and over is because we don't pause. So let's pause in the moment that the carrot cake comes. So you are looking at a dessert menu or I don't know what happened, but let's say the dessert, this is the best passes by you on one of those big ass trays where they put all the desserts and you're like, Oh, your mouth waters, your eyes start to glaze a little bit. You're like, "Mm, that's going to be so good. Like I want that. Right. Okay. When you think I want that and your mouth is watering, what's the emotion inside of you? Just, I guess, I don't know. Heaven. If only it was that easy to get to. <laughs> okay. So desire. Yeah. Desire for sure. Yeah. Like an intense desire, desire. to get it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then what do you do? How do you act out of that desire that's running through your body? When that guy comes with the tray, like I'll take that. 
That's the one, right? So you, you order it, but let's just think of just the behaviors that you take. You order it, uh-huh. you decide I'm going to, I'm going to get it. I, you order it. They set it down in front of you. You eat it. You eat all of it. Whatever. You're Depends on your half. Full. <laughs> okay. So, so you eat it. And then the end result of that is. Man, I should have done that. <laughs> that's a different thought that you have yeah. after about it, right? That's a different thought. Well, I mean, you result... feel, I mean, until when I'm eating it, I feel great about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's awesome. You know? Some of, some of us, if we're like deep in it, we know we shouldn't be, and we can't even enjoy it all the way, well, but the end result of so you that's, saying, so that's, that's, that's me right there. It. That's me right there. Because now that I'm aware that I, sh- it's not good for me anymore. I shouldn't be eating it. So like by halfway down, I'm like, man, I can't even enjoy it because nope. why am I doing it? Right. And now all of a sudden you're like acting out against your own will. Yeah. And that's where you, it starts eroding your trust in yourself because you're like, I can't trust myself with this thing. Yeah. Right. And what's like the life on the other side of trusting yourself to do everything you say you're going to do. Uh that is unlimited potential. That's unlimited possibility. And that's why doing this work that I'm talking about, it's difficult. It's hard. It doesn't feel good in the moment when your body is physically addicted to sugar and you're like trying to overcome urges and sit with the discomfort of the emotion instead of seeking pleasure immediately. Uh It's difficult, but holy shit. When you can master your mind and this meta skill of like, you know what? I honor every commitment I make to myself. Nothing is outside of your grasp. There's nothing you can't do. So like when you're sitting there with carrot cake, carrot cake can be your teacher of trusting yourself, or it can end up being a result that sits on your hips for the next. Well, okay. I, I, my hips, I don't know where you hold your weight, but like my, my, my belly and my face. Okay. So it can sit in your cheeks and Uh it can sit in your stomach or it can be your teacher and you have to choose your discomfort because here's what's happening. You're in the discomfort of this life you're in right now, this stagnance. You're miserable about this thing that you can't seem to get a hold of. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you go and you do the thing and you feel worse about it. Or Mm -hmm. you can be, you can have the discomfort for five minutes of realizing that I want the cake isn't a fact. It's a thought you're having. And you can decide to sit with the discomfort of not having it because come on, when you're physically addicted, sugar is physically addictive for a time. When you're first starting, it takes about two weeks or so. When you're first starting to say no to that sugar or reducing it, your body is so used to the dopamine hit that it's like, get it, get it. We need it. We need it. We need it. Evil little thing in your brain. Right. And so your body is, it's, it's a hormonal thing with insulin, but like, especially when you're insulin resistant and you're trying to reduce that and come out of that. Your body does crave the sugar because you're, you taught it to, okay. Like all you've been giving it, like you're a little, you're your own lab rat. Okay. Mm -hmm. You've been training it to like drool at the sound and, and, um, look of sugar. And so whenever you're doing that, it's like, it's naturally, you're going to be uncomfortable if you say no to yourself for a moment, but which discomfort do you want, Sam? Do you want the discomfort of staying stagnant where you are? Or do you want the discomfort that's going to lead you to the result you want? They're both shitty. Life is always 50, 50. It's always great half of the time. And it's always ass the other half of the time you choose. 
it's always going to be that way. It doesn't matter how rich you get. It doesn't matter how fit you get. It doesn't matter how great your marriage is or your kids are. You're always going to feel crappy half the time. And the other half is going to be amazing. Yeah. Choose your discomfort. If that's how it's going to be. Do you want your discomfort to be the one of being overweight? Or do you want your discomfort to be the one of growth? And being able to sit with your emotions instead of running to go get something to feel better, running to go pick up your phone or get a cuddle from a friend, or, you know, it's just, I was like a booty call. Like, do you, what, what discomfort do you want to pick? The one that's going to lead you to who you want to be or the one that's going to keep you where you are. Yeah. True. True. You want to, you want to get to wherever, you know, where you need to be at. So, I mean, it's a 50, 50, either way you're, you're, you know, you're living in discomfort. Mm -hmm. And you have to make what you're doing right now with sugar. And this goes for whatever anybody's doing. You have to make it so painful. Be honest with yourself. You have to make it so painful to be in this place. It's like you create, I don't believe in rock bottom. Yes, there are rock bottom situations, mm -hmm. but I just wrote a blog about this, but like there, you create your own rock bottom, just like you create all of your entire reality with your thoughts. You can create your own rock bottom. You make eating that Toblerone bar or any carrot cake or anything like that. So painful that you're just unwilling to be there anymore, that not eating it starts to feel better than eating it. And it can, can be, and it, and it doesn't have to be with sugar. It, it can be with, you know, with that, with the cheeseburger or with, uh, mm -hmm. with that pizza or with, uh, with, uh, Dude, of, with those loaded fries or alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people, uh, you know, alcohol is another big problem because people think sometimes they're drinking in social setting and they, they get to three, four, five, six, seven in the morning, they wake up. And they're the head, is, you know, they, they're so much into today guy. Mm -hmm. They forget about the tomorrow guy, you know, they in that moment. Right. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I made a video about this. Like, you know, we think about today guy, today guys in the social scene, he's popular, he's talking, he's laughing, but the tomorrow guy got to go back to work mm -hmm. and has a full day of work. And we forget about the tomorrow guy who is a, who has this massive headache and, yes. and can do the work. I call that your future self. Yeah. Like, so tell me what does future Sam, the one you envision who doesn't eat sugar, who doesn't even desire sugar anymore. Like literally it passes by you on that big plate and you're like, don't even notice it. You don't even notice. That's yeah. how out of your mind it is. The desire. How does he think about sweets? Well, my, the only reason why, why I want to eat healthier and have less sugar is so for the, for the future, Sam, right. Mm -hmm. To have a longer life, okay. to have a healthier life, to make sure I don't have health problems. I mean, because what kind, I mean, you, I mean, you know, diabetes, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, I mean, just living a healthier, longer life. I mean, living longer doesn't mean anything living longer healthier means everything. Hey, what? Okay. Let's get really specific because we're convincing your brain of why, like why you want to be this future version of yourself. We're going to connect with future Sam, because if you can envision him and think the way he thinks and do the things he does now, you can get to him so much faster. Right. Mm -hmm. So like you start thinking and feeling like your future self, guess what you're going to be doing right now, yeah. operating out of that future self. So when you say longevity, or like living longer, healthier, what's possible for you? I mean, living longer, healthier means everything. I mean, you know, I won't have to walk without, you know, well, I mean, 
uh, I mean, just want to be able to do things, enjoy things. Yeah. You know, okay. when you're when you're a little older, uh, like I told, like here, let me give you one of my one of my favorite things that I talk about is saving money. Right? If you don't start saving today, then tomorrow you'll still be working. I mean, you know, when you get old and you can't work, you know, at the same pace or the same way when you were younger. So mm -hmm. you save. So tomorrow you don't have to do that harder or whatever. Just like the same way, I feel like now, especially me, that I'm 40, I'm going to be 44 tomorrow. I'm going to be 44. <gasps> uh, yeah. so, Happy birthday! Well, well, by the time the show airs, I'm already 44, right? Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, but, but like, let's say, so I'm 44 now. And by the time I, I do this, you know, by, by the time I get to 64 or 74, I want to be, if I start, don't start doing those things today, I'll be in a, it'll, it'll be, it'll be a problem. Yeah. You know, I'll be, I'll be in the shitter because, because it's just like, if I don't start saving money today, by the time I get to 70, 74, I won't have money. Right. I'll, you it, know, I'll, and I'll be, yeah, I'll be, I'll be working at, uh, I'll be, I'll be doing some odd jobs or looking for money or looking for, you know, working my ass off when I'm 74, I shouldn't be working that hard at that time, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and of course we all know, and we all hear this, and we've heard this for years. So there will be no social security by that time. So we can't depend on that. Same hey. thing. If I don't start living healthier today, then by the time I'm 74, 75, 70, it might be too, it might, you know, it might be too late. Right. It's a limited you know, opportunity. I might so not even get to 74 and 75. Might die of a heart attack. Might have my God forbid get diabetes and my limbs get chopped. Um you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that can go with it. Right. So, okay. So like you want to get really, I do want to mention that just like compound interest principle, right. Is what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, we think about it in money terms, but yeah. it's the same with actions. Yeah. It's the same with thoughts. You have thought you have compounding thought interest. You have compounding action interest. So like even that 0.001% progress you make today, or you change one tiny thought, like you're only one thought away from changing the entire trajectory of your life. Think about that. Yeah. If you, or whatever thought there is, that's holding you back with something. If you were to let that go about your identity, what would, what would happen? One thought, one, just one. Right. So thinking about that, like every day, especially when you're offered carrot cake is how is this activity or action or behavior impacting compounded and because it's like massively increasing and I'm doing this yeah. with my hands, but it's like doubling every single day Yeah. when you look at it over the next 30 or 20, 10 years, even. So you said we'd like, let's paint this picture of future Sam, right? He's super healthy. He's fit for his age. All the ladies love him. I'm just gonna get like, like you feel like a stud. You're able to travel without a cane. You're able to do things. You you're able to hang out with your kids and your grandkids and have fun with them and like rough house with your teenage grandsons. Like what? Those are like really get super specific and visualize who this future version of yourself is. Yeah. Okay. And then ask yourself, what does future Sam think about dessert? What are his thoughts about sugar? What do you think he thinks? Like, let's go there. And that ideal future version of yourself. I mean, our future Sam will thank himself, you know, uh, thank the, what does the, he think about sugar? What is it? <laughs> what is the one sentence know. that I, runs I'm, through I'm, his I'm, brain? 
I'm pretty sure future Sam will still like sugar and desserts. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what does he think though? I honestly think, I honestly think as long as I can lower it down and only indulge in, you know, special occasion, it's just like, like cake. Let's put it this way. I, I would love to eat cake every day, but we don't eat cake every day. Okay. Um, and we don't eat cake every day because we only eat cake on birthdays or special occasion, right? Okay. And if I can, if I can make all my dessert like that cake, right? Only on special occasion. Or um, um, let's just steak, like going to a fancy steak restaurant. If I if I was to go or or spending, you know, going going crazy or like you know. Uh, or going on vacation every day. Let's just put it this way. Going on vacation every day. If I go on vacation every day, I'm not going to have, you know, I'm just eventually going to run out of money. Yep. Right. <laughs> I mean, but here's you know, the thing. Why I, would you, you got to ask yourself why you would need to take a vacation or, you know, if I'm just not working every day, I mean, you know, eventually you're going to run out of money. Same thing like that. If you, if you eat unhealthy every day, or if you eat sweets every day, eventually you're going to run out of time in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, and when I say you're going to run out of time in your life is because if you don't, if you don't stop eating unhealthy, if you don't stop eating greasy food or, you know, uh, sugar, a lot of refined sugar, eventually, just like you're going to run out of money if you're doing crazy things or traveling the world without working, you're going to run out of money because nobody has unlimited money just like that. Nobody has unlimited uh, health options or whatever. I mean, you know, you just, you know, you just got to make it. I need, it's okay for me to like sugar in my mind. I just need to do it on special occasions. Okay. So let's, let's tap back into future Sam. Just like I've gone to burgers and sandwiches, right? Yeah. Same. Same. Cause I don't eat a burger every day. I eat burger maybe twice a year or three times a year. Okay. That's what I need to get to. Let's with, talk with about this. Let's talk about this to show, okay. to provide your current brain evidence of why it, how it's possible to think about sugar the same way you think about burgers now. So before sh- burgers were like the same as sugar. It was like, I know I don't want to be doing five days a week. doing it. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so, so what is the thought now about a burger? If I like handed you the most delicious artisan burger right now, it's like, you know, a $70 burger, bougie, that kind. What would you think? Oh man. It's not good for me. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Here's, this is such a good exercise and I, I cannot stress enough, go write stuff down, but give yourself what, why not give your future version of yourself some intentionality, at least five minutes and think, think to yourself, what would I be thinking from my future version of myself? Right here. Here's my thoughts for future Sam. And if any of them resonate, you keep them. I love my body without sugar more than with it. Yeah. I like that. Just because I can, doesn't mean I want to, I'm not willing to pay the price of being unhealthy. I don't need it. Simple as that. It's as simple as that. Yeah. It's not as joyful as I think. It's not going to bring me as much pleasure as I think. Right. Oh, that's just my body wanting it. It's not me wanting it. It's not good for me. Like that's your thought now about cheeseburgers. Did you know that every thought you have is optional? Yeah. 
they feel autopilot because we chose them for so long over and over and over. But I'm here to tell you, there's this point between you seeing the world outside of you or it happening and you thinking a thought about it. You deep dive into that space in between. You pause right there and decide, how do I want to think about this thing? How do I want to think about this addiction I have? Because I have the choice. And if I think about it a certain way, I'm going to end up with a certain result and I'm going to act a certain way. You know what? I want to think about it differently because guess what happens when you think I don't want it? How does it feel in your body? No, you want it. <laughs> no, that's another thought. You're like, ah, you know, you want it. <laughs> let's oh. let's you believe that you don't want it. How does it feel in your body? When I offer you the bougie hamburger, you say well, the body, the body rejects it. The, the, well, the brain rejects it. The brain says, no, 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 no. Stop it. Don't eat it. Defense mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. And then your thoughts always create an emotion inside your body. So what's the emotion when you think I don't want it? What's the emotion? Oh, it's not good. Oh, it's danger. Like you can, you know, something like that. I mean, uh, more like go away the other way. It's just, oh, it's not good. <laughs> this may okay. create some adverse reaction in your body or. So maybe like apathy, like you just don't care. Yeah. That's Do you feel it. apathetic towards cheeseburgers? Me now? Yeah. 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 Okay. I don't care. So you're just like, eh. okay. So your body is apathetic. It literally doesn't have any desire. Cause remember the first one was, I want the cake. You had strong desire in your body and that motivated you to do the thing to eat it, right. Yeah. To order it and eat it on this end. When you think to yourself, I don't need it, or I don't want it. There's apathy. And then what do you do or not do? You definitely no. don't eat it. Yeah. What do you do just out of apathy? You don't care no more. Yeah. It's just gone. Like you don't take action towards it. And then what's the end result? You aren't carrying around the calories of a cheeseburger or yeah. beating yourself up for eating it. Yeah. And that's, that's the bad part with me. I beat myself for eating sugar. Yeah. So what how do you, how do you get to that? So, so let's make it simple. One, two, three step. How does someone stop? Yeah. Let's go back. I mean, we've talked so much. Okay. If you have to sum it up. So in the beginning, you just get aware and you notice things. And so from a practical standpoint, the first action you want to take is to write it down and notice what, what is a fact versus a thought. Whenever you give yourself stream of consciousness, pick out the facts of the situation that we would all agree on has no opinion, no adverbs, no adjectives. Okay. Uh -huh. Facts are like, the amount of money in your bank account or the weight you are, let's say the amount of money in your bank account is $122. That's a fact. It doesn't mean anything positive or anything negative. Even though your brain is immediately like firing off thoughts right now about $122. The reason we know that it's your thought about it that comes up is because some people have a different idea of 122. Okay. My mother right now would love to have $122 in her bank account. Okay. Me on the other hand, I would be like, Oh, okay. Someone just stole all my money. <laughs> right. Like, so that's how, you know, that 122 is factual. It has no positive or neutral. And then you have a thought about it. And let's say your weight is 213 and you want to weigh 135 talking to the ladies out there. <laughs> so let's say, let's say that's the fact. And then you have a thought about your weight. You're seeing it on the scale. It's just a number. It has no positive or negative energy behind it. You give it a definition with your thought. So when you're writing on a piece of paper, you pull out facts just so your brain is aware that those are facts. And then you pull out thoughts 
so that it sees that what you're thinking isn't always the truth. Our brains like to think like they're reporting the news to us. It's not the news. It's your interpretation of the facts. Okay. And once you can start seeing that, like, oh, that's what I'm thinking. Then you, in that same little writing it all down, you just pick one and ask myself, like I ask myself, what's the result that's coming from that thought? How does that thought make me feel? I write down the emotion that comes up inside my body. I try to sit with the emotion. I think that's the hardest part for people is like really being present with our emotions. Cause we're so used to trying to escape them. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I ask myself, what do I do out of that emotion? Like, what am I literally doing when I think the thought? Mm. I just recently like got through my work with alcohol. And so I, one of the thoughts that comes up for me is that like, I can't have fun without alcohol. Mm-hmm. especially in social settings. So my thought when I noticed it was like, I wrote it down. I was like, see, I can't have fun without it. I have to have it. And I was like, oh my gosh, me thinking that I can't have fun without it. That's not true. I have fun all the time without alcohol. What are we talking about right now? Maybe I need to have it to be around that set of people and have fun, <laughs> but that's not like, that's still my decision. That's still my thought about it. Right? So in the writing, that's step one, you write it down. You see what's fact versus thought. Ask yourself what emotion and actions are coming from those actual thoughts. And just that awareness will help you see in the moment what you're thinking. And then step two, this gets a little bit more fun. We didn't talk about this, but you go into the playground. Step two is what I call the 24 hour plan. You design a protocol, a decision ahead of time for future Sam Mm -hmm. of what you want to eat tomorrow or drink tomorrow, or how much time you're going to give yourself to scroll tomorrow. And you make it so damn doable, like so imperfect. And you let yourself slip up, right? Like, but you plan ahead for yourself because this version of you right now is way more intentional and thoughtful about Sam in the future than Sam in the moment is Mm because Sam in the moment, if you said you made a plan that you, you were going to eat sugar once in the day, and it's going to be half of a Toblerone bar. You got to get really specific, right? So like, what's today, Wednesday. So you're like tomorrow on Thursday, these are all the things I'm going to eat. And at 1230 in the afternoon, I know I'm probably going to want you be realistic with yourself, right? I'm probably going to want some Toblerone. I'm going to have half of a bar. Mm. Okay. The day comes it's 1030 you know, at 1230, you said you were going to have some Toblerone. So you're like already starting to get filled with the desire. Right. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to have it early (laughs) because Sam in the moment is not as intentional as previous Sam, who was looking out for himself. Exactly. Okay. So with a 24 hour plan, I have all my clients design this plan. You go into the playground of your mind. What happens is 1030 rolls around and you're like, mm, this chocolate would taste good with my coffee right now. I'll just have it early. And let's yeah. say you, let's say you do have it early. Mm-hmm. We'll come back and we'll evaluate. We'll learn and move on. Mm-hmm. We'll figure out what you were thinking in the moment, because guess what happens? You're realizing all the obstacles that are coming up for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like I say, going into the playground, cause it's all an experiment. Your whole life is an experiment. The, the question is, are you taking field notes? taking field notes basically yeah, like, are, like you, are you evaluating your experiments do you know that it's an experiment do you think that you have to be perfect because that's not true 
because guess what? That doesn't exist. So it's like <laughs> you set a plan for yourself that's realistic, not perfectionistic or ideal. And then you expect yourself to slip up. And when you do, you have a plan. And the same thing goes for you right now. Tomorrow, what do you think? What do you know that you're probably going to think at some point in the day about the Toblerone? You plan it for 1230. What do you know is going to come up for you before then? Can I have it now? Okay. So good. You, you're going to, you're thinking, I'm probably going to think, can I have it now? And I'm going to be filled with desire. Mm. How do I want, when I see myself think that thing, how do I want to proceed? Well, I mean, um, I, I don't, well, it's not time right now. It's not time yet. We scheduled it at 4 PM. Great. I want to honor my commitments to myself. I want to be that future version of myself. Okay. Uh -huh. That doesn't desire sugar. Cool. So what you did right now is you overcame an obstacle in advance that you knew was going to come up. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. That's yes. the 24 hour plan. You already have like a tool belt or as I like to say, like you put it in your arsenal. So when the moment comes up as expected, you whip out your little AK I don't know, AK-47 AK of thoughts that you already thought to combat that one where you're like, oh, hey, we're doing a new thing now. Uh, That's how you train your brain out of those neurological pathways of the old thoughts and into new ones. New one. Yeah. You just starve off the old ones because you're constantly, you got like a note card in your back pocket is what I like to say. A note card in your back pocket with your new thoughts. And every time you see one of the old ones, because you're getting good at getting aware. Uh-huh you pull it out and you're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're not doing that old thing anymore. We're doing this one. And yeah. even if you slip up, you have nothing you've decided. You don't have any, it doesn't mean anything bad about you as a person. It just means that's the thing you did. Take field notes. Gotcha. It was just, it's just a teacher, right? That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good trick, by the way, Rose. I mean, you know, a lot of people can use that. I mean, and you don't understand if people who are listening to this, I mean, you've just helped a lot of people on that, but, but you're right. I mean, you got to have a plan. You know, anything. I mean, you know, what did they say? Uh, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I want to I want to be really clear. Like, that's your prefrontal cortex. That's your superpower as a human, right? Yeah. Is being able to plan things. I want to be clear that, like, we get real confused about plans. We think that if we make a plan, everything should be, like, according to the plan, right? Plans fail. Yeah. If I ask anybody right now listening to raise their hand, oh, I had a plan and everything I planned out happened exactly as I thought it would. No one would raise their hand mm. because that never happens. Right. So like the question is always like, what's the next best step? Your plan is who do I want to be? I'm going to do anything to get there. That's it. I'm committed to massive action, not extraordinary action. Massive action isn't like all the special actions or the perfect things. Massive action is I'm going to keep trying shit until I get the result. I'm committed to keeping on, which is experimentation. So basically, let me make it simple. So if my goal is not to eat the candy bar, mm -hmm. if I fail day one, day two, start with the plan again and make sure you don't eat that candy bar. Yeah, because the plan never changed. The plan yeah. is to eventually not eat the candy bar. At all. Right. That's the plan. And you're like, oh, this is just what I got to do to get there. They, There's they, gonna be slip-ups. So the plan is whenever the sugar comes in front of me or whenever the candy or whenever the cake comes in front of me, immediately say, 
it's not good for me. I'm not having that. And have what that. You, it, I wish it was as easy. I wish it was. That's the, that's the end game to yeah. believe when you tell yourself, I don't want it to believe it in your bones. Right. But I, I wish that I could, I wish you could just be like, you know, slap on an affirmation and it would work. That's not how it works. Yeah, it takes <laughs> a while. To, you have to expect that your mind is going to do what it's been trained to do. You yeah. can't ask a dog to like go to its crate every night. And then you just all 180 decide that, you know what? I want you to sleep on the bed now. Yeah. Like, and then expect the dog on the first night to just be like, I'm ready to get on the bed or vice versa. You can't try and crate train a dog that you've been, tra- you've been sleeping on the bed. You've trained it to do step, this thing. Step by, step by step, step by step. Next time, little by little. Yep. We little just get closer and closer. So those you know, are the two steps. Yeah. Um, is there, I'm sorry, keep going. I apologize. Oh, I mean, well, one is just writing it down, right? Doing, um, dumping out your brain and noticing the facts and the thoughts, using a 24 hour plan to outline what you want to be out of your intentional self, what you want to be doing next, the next day, and then using that to experiment and notice what happens for you and learn from it. And then another trick, I love giving like the tips and tricks because even though I think all of our thoughts create our results, there are little external hacks that you can do in your life, right? Setting up your external environment. One of them is using an urge jar. So if you have a jar at home with some beads or little rocks or, you know, those glass, little glass pebbles, I don't know, anything that has like a, a loud ring to it that feels satisfying. Anytime you have an urge for something, sit with the urge it usually dissipates in about two to five minutes. You want to go get a drink, sit down, feel the urge. You don't even need to know why the urge is there. We don't need to like go deep dive into therapeutic things. Like, I wonder why I want this. Am I feeling lonely? You don't even need to do that. Just sit with the urge. Your body's craving something you've been feeding it. And then pick up your little bead and go pop it into that jar and let it ring. And watch the jar fill up with all of your unanswered urges. And if you do answer the urge later, you go get a drink. Okay, cool. You don't put a glass bead in the jar, but if you don't, for you, it's going to be sugar, right? Every time you deny yourself that thing and sit with the urge, we're not talking about restriction and trying to willpower your way through. I'm talking about sitting with that emotion that you're wanting to escape. You sit with it. You teach your body that it's okay to feel this way. You can survive feeling negative emotion because it thinks you're going to die. You go and you put the bead in and you get to watch your urges mount up. Your success is visual and it's tangible. And I promise you get a hundred beads. You can even get 50, but if you have successfully not answered a hundred urges, you will be out of that. The physical craving for something. Those are like my top three tips that have. So you basically have a jar full of beads. And then whenever you feel the urge, sit with the urge, empty the, empty the jar and start putting the beads in the jar. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. You want me to show you what it looks like? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I give one of these, um, in my onboarding boxes for every single one of my clients. There's the beads. Uh, yeah. Right. They're pretty. They're beautiful. I like aesthetically pleasing things in life. And there's the jar. Gotcha. So whenever you want to eat sugar, whenever you like want to lift up your phone, even if I do lift up my phone, I'm doing work with, um, 
being on my phone, not social media anymore, but just like getting on my phone. Anytime I pick it up, I put it back down and I go drop the beat. Right. Anytime I feel the urge to do it, I just look at my phone and I'm like, "Hmm," I'm walking away. I'm going to sit with this emotion of boredom or tediousness or whatever it is. And when it's over, I drop it in. And eventually they start to mound up and you see, you see your success visually. It's so fun. It is such a little, I don't know why it works psychological. I'm sure, but it helps you. It helps you get away and well, see your success, right? It's evidence for why, what you're doing is working. And it helps you get away from the physical draw that we've trained our body to, to eat the sugar, drink the drink, do the thing. Pick up the phone, do whatever it is. Yeah. I I love that. You know, so those, those are three useful tips. Rose, I would, I would love to sit over here and talk to you forever, but but (laughs) I want to be, I want to be respectful of your time. And, uh, and, you know, we might have to get you to come on the show again and talk about some more stuff, but before, you know, we have gotten to this time that, that, you know, I want to end the show and, uh, before I do that, I want, I ask everybody this question. If today was the last day on earth, you got to live a hundred years and, you know, you had a bunch of your grandkids or great grandkids or a bunch of people that you, you loved and enjoyed. And, uh, but now is the time that you got to go meet your creator. And, uh, and today is the day, but all your books, all your podcasts, all your blogs have been erased. So they bring you a pen and a paper and they say, Rose, write three things, three things that will lead you to greatness. Your three truces, your three things you want to leave with the future world, the future generation, whatever it is, three, three things. What will, and that can be how you live, how you should live, what you should do, how to live a happy life, whatever it is, three things. What would you, what would those be? Hmm. Do it scared. Do it scared. I like that. Would uh, would you would you mind to expand? Is it even worth doing if it doesn't scare you? Mm. There's I like that. Like run after discomfort, lean into it. It's the only thing that evolves and grows you. And in a world that is full of things that will comfort you very quickly, it's just fake. It's fake comfort. Lean into the discomfort. Um, I mean, the other one is like, your plan has already been laid out by God. Every, he works everything in your favor, so you can't mess up. And if you really believe that, you'll try everything. And he will always pave the road for you, even when you don't see it happening, even when you like, just have faith that the plan has already been laid out and it will come to fruition. Um, hmm. I mean, I would just tell people, cause I live by this myself. It's like, what you think is what you create. Number three, what you, what you think is what you create. Be really, be really careful and wise about choosing your own thoughts and not everybody else's or what was fed to you. 
be really intentional about what's yours. Love it. I love it. Love it. <laughs> you I should have prepared it. me for that. I love it. Well, if I prepare you for it, then it's not original. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about this all day. Like I should have said everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Rose, so many things. before I end the show, what is your definition of greatness? Living true to you, not people pleasing. Okay. Not caring what other people think all that jazz, not being resentful and agreeing to do things that you don't really want to do. Just be true to you because that's all of us are only going to benefit from you being true to you. Awesome. That's how you Thank you so much. Thank you for so, so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your tips and, Thanks, and you know, with everything you do and thank you so much. This was awesome. Loved it. Hopefully I can get you back in the future again on this show. You know, uh, keep doing the great things. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Bye, Appreciate Sam. it. Have a good one. What do you think? Yay. You liked it? Fun. I don't even remember anything we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you, I'll send you some tips and everything. And you know what? One more thing I want to, I want to say it. Hang on one second. I'm, I'm record this for one second. Uh, Rose, can you tell our viewers where can they find you on social media? Uh, where, how can they contact you? I mean, what, what can we do? Uh, if someone wants to talk to you, how can they communicate with you? Yeah, of course. I am. I love to hang out on Instagram the most. Okay. And so mostly in the DMs, I'll be real with y'all. I don't do a lot of like scrolling. <laughs> so hang out with me in the DMs. Um, and that's at Rose. Watson coaching, no spaces, um, no underscores, just Rose Watson coaching. And then my website is howtocutback.com. Okay. And, um, I offer one-on-one -on -one client coaching, and then I have a 12 week intensive for cutting back or stopping alcohol and ending desire for alcohol completely where you don't need it. And if you want to have it, you can, and you can trust yourself. And then I also have in the works right now, an urge mastery series. So no matter what your urge is that you have something for, I help you relieve that, um, quickly and permanently. And other than that, you can find me on all the normal places, Facebook, LinkedIn. I even have some Pinterest going, but really it's Instagram. All right. So Instagram at Rose Watson coaching, um, mm -hmm. LinkedIn, you are Rose Watson. Yes. Uh, your Facebook, you're Rose Watson. Yes. Rose and, Watson uh, and, and your website, how to cut back.com. Yes. 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 Well, awesome. If guys, if y'all want to find Rose Watson, you know, get her on Instagram. That's where she is mostly at, but I've, I met, I saw her, I found her on uh, LinkedIn. So I'm sure you can do the same. Thank you all for watching Rose. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sam.